Chapter 4, Japan Study Mission. So after four weeks of intense planning, the top leaders of the BI group landed in Japan in August 2016. We traversed the country from Nagoya to Kishu with the goal of being an intense overview of the Toyota production system and their Tier 2 suppliers. I invited Mr. Amazawa, former vice president of Lexus and president of Georgetown, Kentucky, as well as Tadahiro Kawada, president of Kawada Industries, one of the largest bridge builders in Asia, to be expert speakers. In addition, I asked Venu Shrevanatsan, chairman of TVS Motors, to fly all the way from India to give a one-hour talk to the executive team about his 30-year lean journey. I pulled out all the stops and called in every favor to make sure to leave a lasting impression on the BI Group's executive team. Needless to say, it all went better than planned and deep impressions were made. After three days of traveling and seeing mind-numbing examples of Japanese excellence and precision, Aiden sat down next to me on the bus and said in his deep Kazakh accent, Pull. Pull, pull. I need you to set up training for 150 of my top leaders in Japan. I want to send 17 of them every week so they can all see what you've shown us. Wow, my head started spinning. Not only was this a great opportunity for me to grow and learn, but this was also a huge responsibility. You can't take this much high-dollar time and not make a significant impact. The risk of failure was significant. Aiden also wanted me to do it for a fraction of the cost of a traditional trip and to do it all in three days. The pressure just kept building. In good Japanese fashion, I just said, I will do it, even though I didn't know how I would do it. I'm going to go off script here real quick. You know, this is one of the most important principles of Tai Chi Ono. He talks about this concept. First, say, I can. When someone asks you to do something, just say, I can, with the attitude that you will figure it out. This is the Japanese way of thinking and specifically the Toyota way of thinking. And I don't know whether or not I was executing Tai Chi Ono's principle at that moment, but I just sucked it up and said, okay. I'll figure out how to do it, Aiden. Back on script. So my life took a dramatic shift in priority, and I began to put together the most lean Japan study mission I had done to date. Every Japan study mission week after week just kept getting better. I would do four consecutive study missions in a row and then take a break and come back and do it again, relentlessly improving. I could feel the difference from week to week. As a general rule, the Japan study missions in the past were all about learning lean concepts, you know, the theory stuff, but they were anything but lean in the way they were organized. We just didn't eat our own dog food. You know, I'm going to go off script here. You typically, you go to a lean conference and you expect the lean conference would be organized in a lean manner, but you go there and they pass out all these brochures and catalogs, you know, 95% of that stuff gets thrown in the trash. Just chaos in the way they organize them in terms of efficiency and the lack of waste. 
Well, it's the same thing in Japan. When they run these big tours, the same kinds of things and activities would happen. And I looked at all that, being a lean thinker and seeing waste everywhere, and I said, we've got to improve this. This is insanity. And indeed, we probably can do twice the content for half the cost. And that became my new mission, back on script. Backing up a bit, let me provide some history to my Japan travels. In January 2015, I received a call from Norman Bodek. Norman is often referred to as the father of lean in the United States. In the 1970s and 80s, Norman recognized what the Japanese were doing and began to translate some of the classic works of Taichi Ono and Shigeo Shingo. Norman built a multi-million dollar company based on translating the classics of Japanese thinking and manufacturing and bringing these concepts to U.S. executives. Norman asked me if I would like to go with him on a Japan study mission. Without a moment's hesitation, I said yes. I was so excited to return back to Japan. I had previously participated in three trips to Japan with Brad Schmidt, my original sensei. All three trips had a profound impact on the way I thought and how I conducted my business. The only difference now was instead of being a participant, I was somewhat of a co-leader. At that time, Norman was in his 80s, and he didn't quite have the following he had when he was younger. He didn't have many people signed up for the trip, but I had established a strong following with the publishing of my first book, Two Second Lean. As soon as I put the word out to my friends and followers, the trip was booked with over 30 people in under a week. I definitely was determined to make sure the trip was extraordinary. Over the course of the next several months, Norman and I discussed speakers and venues. I kept pushing for better and better site visits. Norman was as accommodating as he could be, but he definitely was not used to working with someone so pushy and demanding. At the end of the day, I was very pleased with the trip that Norman and I had put together. It was showtime, and we all landed in Japan. I'll never forget the first day when we met in that conference room and Norman asked everyone, what is Japan all about? Everyone around the room responded, but no one got the answer, including myself. Norman retorted, quality. Japan is all about quality. They live and breathe it. That revelation would set the stage for an impactful week for all of us. Along with meeting Mr. Amazawa for the first time, there were so many other things that got my attention. By the time the trip was over, I made a long, detailed list of everything that could be improved. Don't get me wrong, everybody learned a lot. It's just that there were so many things that could have been refined. Norman, bless his heart, was willing to make improvements, but he wasn't as eager as I was. Just a few months later, I received another invitation to go to Japan with John Shook and the YPO members. This trip was also very good, but very expensive, about 12K. I was determined to figure out why it cost so much. Of course, when I took a deep dive, it wasn't hard to figure out there was mountains of waste. Then Norman called and said he wanted to do another trip because the first trip was so successful. So this time I had the opportunity to make some significant improvements because my name was now officially on the agenda and I became really demanding. Again, the trip went off successfully, but it still wasn't good enough. Finally, on the first BI group trip, 
I was in complete control and got to call all the shots. One thing that seemed obvious was there was too much time spent on the bus with non-value-added activity. If we were lucky, we visited two venues a day. That seemed like a very low threshold when you consider how much money and time was spent getting leaders from all over the world to Japan. I was determined to increase that to a minimum of three visits a day. I did this by targeting two big wastes. First, travel time. I tried to schedule venues in a centrally located area. Secondly, when we got to the venue, it was very customary for the Japanese leaders to bring us into their conference room for approximately 45 minutes of overview information. I thought we could easily give this information while traveling on the bus, so when we got to the factory, we could go directly to the shop floor, seeing the way they organized their work. These two changes improved quality. No doubt we ruffled a few feathers because the Japanese companies were not used to doing business this way, but I insisted and before long I got them all on board. And they actually liked it. Basically, we went straight to the Gemba, just like Schmed, single minute exchange of dyes. We did all the prep work on the bus so that when everyone was at the Gemba, they were getting value-added information and not waiting around for people hooking up hoses and heating up dyes. There were a few other things I implemented that really made a big difference. I thought, why can't the study mission be centered around one city? Surely there were enough two-tier suppliers and relevant companies that we could learn from without traveling halfway across the country in the course of a week. By centering the entire Japan study mission in Nagoya and Toyota City, we were able to dramatically reduce the travel time and increase the content. In addition, Norman taught me the concept of turning the bus into a traveling university. His impromptu talks on the bus were very insightful, but I thought it would be better if we developed specific curriculum that we would go through over the course of the week. This would guarantee that each attendee would get great information. It was an enormous amount of work and still is, but I have developed over 30 different talks that I give during the course of a week. It is like drinking from a fire hose. I've had people tell me that they've learned so much it was equivalent to getting an MBA. We didn't waste a second. Even the bathroom stops were designed to teach Japanese excellence. The rest stops in Japan are nothing short of extraordinary, from digital displays of traffic to digital displays of the availability of the amenities of each stall. We used each stop as an opportunity to teach visual controls and respect for people. By the time I finished the 10th Japan study mission, I realized that I had developed a platform that was world-class. I thought it would be crazy to lose all this effort and knowledge, so I put the word out that if you wanted to go to Japan with me, you could do it for only $4,800 in four days. I currently make four to eight Japan study missions every year. Needless to say, I am never satisfied and never will be. Every study mission gets better than the one before. We have developed a very thoughtful survey that allows the participants to evaluate everything from the hotel bed to each individual talk and stop. 
We send them a link before they get off the bus on the last day and most complete it in just a few short minutes and the results are provided to everyone. This allows us to immediately see what worked and what didn't. A few days later, we start the next Japan study mission with all the improvements already incorporated. I tell everybody on the first day, this is not a study mission about lean. It is a lean study mission. We are going to practice lean. We are going to be on time. We are going to be respectful. We are going to be thoughtful in the way we leave the bus and every area we use. We are practicing lean. So by the time the week is over, our lives are changed and our minds are transformed. I'm going to go off script here for one minute. When we go into the conference rooms, when we go into the cafeteria, anywhere we go, I make everybody stand up, push the seats in, wipe the table off, make sure every teacup is carefully aligned so when they come to pick up our teacups to take them back to the cafeteria, they don't even have to struggle. The Japanese look at us like, these people are unbelievable. And my retort is, we learned it all from you. The one thing, life will present unbelievable opportunities to anyone that is crazy about continuous improvement.